You are about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Pastor Eddie Montgomery Jr. ministers a message entitled, Lord, What's Next? Stay tuned. Truly, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. We greet you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you remain standing, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for this day. We thank you for the word that you have to say to us, God. God, we ask, Lord, that you speak through me and speak to your people, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we that we come in. Amen and amen. 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 We thank God again. Michael, give me a little bit of sound on here. Amen. Give it, turn me up a little bit. Amen. We thank God for what God is doing and what God has, what he's about to do. Amen. 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 I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad to be in the house. Amen. One Amen. more time. Amen. 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 And we're going to come right from Acts chapter 12. I'm going to get right into it. We thank God for Acts chapter 12, and we're going to start at verse number four. Amen. At verse number four. But we thank God for those that are tuning in on social media. We thank God for you, amen, because, you know, you could be going to any other channel, but you chose to, to hear what God has said on this channel, amen, and what God is speaking in the earth, amen, so we thank God for that, amen, we hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving with their families and had a good Thanksgiving, amen, and we're going to go, I'm ready for going right into the word, it says, Acts chapter 12, verse number 4, amen. And it says, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers. That's like 16 soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. He's talking about King Herod. And what happened is he actually bind and caught Peter. It says in verse number five, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. But prayer, prayer, everybody say prayer, prayer. was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter, guess what he was doing? He was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Now, I want, I want y'all to really understand this. So here we have Peter in the lower part of the prison. It was at least 16 soldiers that was assigned to one man. That's a lot of that's a lot of men to be assigned to one person. 16 men, 16 COs, 16 correctional officers was assigned to one man. And what happened, you had those correctional officers, they broke them up. So they was taking shifts. So you had some on the outside of the prison door. 
But not only on the outside, you had two on the inside with him chained. So two prisoners, one on one side, I mean two guards, one on one side, one on the other side. And Peter was chained in the prison cell. So the guards was there between him. Well, he was between the guards. And he was chained. So they tried to make sure he can't go nowhere. Because it's one thing to be in the prison cell, but it's another thing to be in the prison cell and also be chained up in the prison cell. Because it's like, what you gonna, where are you going to go? <laughs> you in the prison cell. But, and then on top of that, to have two correctional officers, two guards inside the cell with you to make sure nothing pops off. So it says here, Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, verse 7, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smoked, or he hit Peter, talking about the angel, on the side. And raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wished not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. All right, everybody say amen. amen. Now, I want to break it down a little bit because the, the title of this message is God, what is next? God, what is next? So, I remember the first time I, I spoke from this chapter. This was a long time ago, and I remember it to this day because the thing that I focused on during that time was Peter being wedged between two guards. Being wedged, because when it says that he was between, in the Greek it said he was wedged in between the two. But the thing that really fascinated me and God brought it back to my remembrance today was the mindset of Peter. The mindset. Here, you got Peter in a prison and when you would have thought Peter would have been having anxiety, upset, frustrated, scared, don't know what's going to happen, Peter was sleeping. He was sleeping like a baby. And I said, that's, that's something, that's a, a different state of mind that you have to be in when you're in prison and you're at peace. What I want to talk to you today is, God, what is next? Because 
when I thought about it in today's terms, in today's time, I want to focus on being, having, being in prison, but not taking on the mindset of a prison mind. Not being bound. We got a lot of people in today's society, their minds, the mindset, and what's going on has affected people's minds. What's going on in the world has a lot of people asking questions. What's going on is having a lot of people think. And to be a Christian, we that are Christians and believers, we have the answer or the solution. But what do you do when you are that believer or that Christian and now you are in prison? To be bound, you can be bound not only physically like how Peter was, but you can also be bound mentally. You can be bound spiritually. You can be bound physically like how he was. And God wants me to address that today. Because what the church is experiencing is something that is different. It's something that's unprecedented. It's something that we, during our time, are not accustomed to. During our time, in our growing up, for those who are, you know, at least 80 and under or 100 and under, we are used to worshiping and seeing and feeling and, and, and expressing the power and the move of God like never before. We are, we, 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 we used to, back in the day, we used to people coming to church, uh, saying they believers, witnessing to people, being excited about the awesomeness of God without any strings attached. We used to people wanting to do the right thing. Yes. Have good morals or have good a good thought process. But as time has gone on and as we get closer to the end of days, it seems like things are starting to change. Even the church itself is starting to be different. So it makes you ask the question, God, what's next? Because now we see that not only is God wanting to, uh, to, to show us that there is something that I am doing, but it's not like you think it is. It's different. It's, it's not what you expect because what we are known to do is compare or, or analyze it from previous success or from previous experiences. We we try to look at, well, God, what are you doing? What's the move of God based on what God has already done in your life? A lot of people, we, we got to understand that. Uh, we, we look at where we, we, we measure ourselves 
based on what God has already done or what he did. So that makes us have more faith because we can then say, if he did it before, he can do it again. Because I have experienced him making a way before in my life. I have experienced him bringing me out a situation. I have experienced him doing something that was miraculous in my life. So now when I am faced with a situation or faced with a problem, I go back to remembering how God did it before. But God says, that's not what's happening now. I don't want people that's my called out ones to think about how I used to do something or how I did it in the past. Because there is a fresh move and a fresh way of how I do things. And it's not so much that it's fresh that it's new, but it's new to the believers. In this day and age, now we see this happening. The experience that Peter had was something that was new in his day and age. It was an experience that he could not compare it or or try to try to uh, 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 remember how he did it. It was something that he could not compare it to because it was phenomenal. A move of God like that was so different. And what God is telling us, he's saying, what I am doing, I am setting people up so that way they can see the difference of what's about to happen next. I have to get you in a state of mind where you believe God like that. You believe God like never before that God I believe you no matter what. So that way, whatever God is going to do next in your life, you are ready and you are positioned to receive it. Peter was in the jail cell. Now, apparently, because of who Peter was, the Bible says the King Herod felt like it was a threat. He just killed one of the apostles, King Herod did. And he saw that it pleased the people. Now, we are now living in a day and age where being a Christian is not the most populous thing. It's not. It's not the most populist thing. It's not, oh, I'm saying, oh, oh, you're a Christian, oh, I'm serving the Lord. You don't hardly hear people brag about that anymore. To the point that people, yes, they would say I'm a Christian, but when it comes down to the actual demonstration of the move and the power of God, we don't see that being broadcast like we used to see it. Oh, now we see people mocking the name of Christ. Now we see people playing with the name of Christ. Now we see you could go on all the social medias and you can see them doing a lot of things and they they, they do a lot of uh, uh, 
a lot of um, mocking of the church and people shouting and they and that's what they want to say. That's what it's all about. Oh, look at the footwork. Look at how they dance. Look at how they shout. Look at how they making me feel good. Oh, the songs, the gospel songs, they make me feel good. But where have we gone? We have missed the mark because as believers, it never was about that. When people came into and the presence or into an encounter with an individual who say that they was a Christian, it was because not only of the lifestyle that they lived, but it was something that was the Holy Ghost that was in them that they saw a difference between them and what others that they was around witnessed. They saw the power of God being demonstrated in people's lives, and that's what we got to get back to. We got to get back to God. What is next? What is next? What are you doing next? God says, I'm raising up a small remnant of people who love me like never before, who's not just looking at it to see how many likes I can get or how many uh, uh, notoriety that I can get, but I want people who are going to serve me with a pure heart. Who's going to serve me with a pure mind? Who's going to serve me with a pure conscience? Because I'm ready to do something next in the earth. So we have Peter being asleep between the guards and and, and between and, and in a prison. And, and I look at that as us now. Because have you ever felt like, oh, God, I'm doing everything I can to live right. I'm doing everything that I can. I'm trying to read my word, trying to pray. I'm trying to do all the things that I know how to do. But it just seemed like everything around me, like Peter, all these guards, all this. I'm in a situation where people and the things of this world and the things of this life, things happening after this after that after it's trying to get me where I am bound in my mind I am I'm confused I'm frustrated I, I, I want that's what that's what King Herod tried to do with Peter he tried to get him in a prison and put him in a state where he couldn't be free to be who he was he tried to bind him up and tried to, to, to get him to the point where it broke him we got a lot of Christians that the devil is trying to break us. But God says, I got something coming next. You got to know, he gave Peter a strategy. He gave us a secret. And I'm going to give you this secret, and then I'm going to be finished. But Because the secret to this is, if you can only believe, If you can only believe, he gave them certain instructions that a lot of people, and even myself, back in the day, I focused on the wedge. I, I focused on the people. I focused on how can I be a Christian amongst heathens? How can I be a Christian amongst people who have a different mindset than me? How can I be a Christian and be successful amongst people which the guards, he was he was right between them. How can I, when the influence of my environment is not cohesive to what's in my spirit, how can I be like that and be successful? So that's what I, I focused on a long time ago. 
And the Lord helped me through that. And he helped those who heard that message through that. That it's him that will do the work. And he will change your influence or your environment even without them knowing about it. Uh, let's prove it. Here we see Peter was in the prison between two guards and he was two chained. And we think two chain came out with that name. He was two chained. And all of a sudden, the Bible says the angel of the Lord came into the prison. It came upon him. And when God, when, oh my God, when God see that his child is in a state that he needs help, he's going to always be there to help his child. Amen. Amen. So rule number one, when you are stuck in a place where it's not cohesive to what's in you, you got to know, I just need to hold on to God's unchanging hand. I just need to believe like never before. I know that I'm getting closer to something because God would not have me in this situation if it was not for him to get the glory out of this. Because I am only a vessel of the Lord. God would not put nothing more on you than you can bear. He would not put you in a situation that he cannot get you out of. Here it is. The angel came in and it lit up the, guard, the, the dungeon, the, the, the prison. They didn't have lights back then. So the angel, so that by itself fascinated me. Because I said, if I was a CO, if I was a correctional officer, and I saw a light come up, and, and, and that's to me, I would have got scared. Because I would have been like, what in the world's going on here? Then to see that the chains broke off, this man just broke, the chains just fell off of him. I would have been trying to bam on the door to my other guard buddies and tell them, let me out of here. But what's the fascinating thing about it, as a believer, that's how we think in this day and age. That's what we would have thought would have happened because we felt like, well, God breaking him out. But God broke him out, but he did it through the Spirit. So the Bible tells me that when I worship God and serve him in the Spirit, the world can't comprehend. Darkness cannot comprehend light. So that means that he would do something in the Spirit that the one in the world cannot even see. Because if you go back to this scripture, the Bible never said the guards saw anything. They was totally clueless. Ooh, that's deep. So all of this stuff was going on physically, and the guards was not even aware of this. I come to tell you, when God started doing in your life, and when he started putting you on your assignment, and when he started doing things in you, uh, you might be saying, well, God, what you doing? What's next? What's next? And God is doing something in your spirit, and all your whole surrounding of your environment don't know what's going on. Right. Amen. 
They have no clue of what's going on. People don't know about it. They're looking at you thinking something else. And you don't all the while, God is working something out in the spirit realm. And it's affecting the natural part of you. But it's happening through the spirit because you believe God. So things begin to happen in the natural, but the natural world was unaware of it. They was clueless of it. The Bible says, then he gave them instructions. These are the instructions that we have to learn. It says that he, first of all, he smoked Peter. He hit Peter. He hit him to wake him up. The first thing as believers that we got to do today, we got to wake up. We got to wake up. We got to understand that we are in a spiritual warfare, that we are in a fight to be on the Lord's side. I preached this last Sunday to be to lean on the Lord's side. You got to be aware that you are in a spiritual uh, warfare. So you cannot patty cake. You cannot come in it lightly. You can't tiptoe. You got to go full fledged to say that, you know what? I'm in this thing and I'm going to give it my all. Because if, if, if I die, let me die on the battlefield. Because I'm not going to play with something when I know my enemy's not playing with me. When he's messing with your family and he's messing with your mind and he's messing with your body, you got to understand that he's playing for kids. Oh, we used to play marbles back in the day. How many of you used to play marbles? Y'all remember that? Yeah, and, and you know, you, uh, you know you have the, the cat eye marble. Y'all remember that? The big cat eye marble? Oh, some of y'all don't know it. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you used to play, so how you play marble, you used to draw a circle in the sand, because I see we have a lot of people holding up by marble. You draw a circle in the, in the sand, and, and you, you, you used, we used to collect the different type of marbles. You had a cat eye marble, you had one of those nice shiny marbles, and then you had a fat big marble, you know? And and what happens, we used to put it, you put your marbles in, in, the, uh, in the circle, and you have your special marble. The one that you know that you used to practice with. That, then you used to get it, and you used to, some people used to do like this, and we say, oh, no hunting when you try to hunt. Uh, Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, no Okay, okay. But, but then you used to like Flick the marble, and the marble used to uh, knock one of the other marbles, your opponent marble, out of the circle. And when it knocks it out of the circle, uh, then that means you used to be able to take that other person marble. But sometimes we used to play marbles, and we used to say, you know what, when you're good and you start doing it and you start competing, we said we playing for keeps now. We playing for keeps, meaning that whatever marble that I get, I get to keep it. And, and when I go to play, I have to play to win because I know that person is playing for keeps. Uh, that's the same way the devil is playing with us. Uh, he says, I'm playing for keeps. And you're trying to play to practice, but he's playing for keeps. That's why you got to gird yourself up in your most holy faith to know that when you don't, when you go on the field, when you wake up and you step out of your bed, you know you're on the battlefield. So the Bible says that he told Peter to do one thing. He spoke him and told him, arise. Get yourself up in your own spirit. He told him to do it. So that means you got to 
to do something. The accountability is on you. Don't look at me. Don't look at the pastor trying to get you up. Because I'm trying to get my own self up. But you got to get, you got to do something. The accountability goes back on you. The discipline goes back on you. How bad do you want it? And when you want it bad enough, he told him, he told Peter, he says what? Arise. And we are in verse number seven. It says, and the angel of the Lord came into him and shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and says, Ray, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. What we are facing, we are facing a time where we got to do stuff quickly. God is soon to come back. Christ is soon to come back. So whatever we have to do, we have to do it quickly. That's why a lot of things are happening in the earth because it's happening quickly because the devil himself knows that his time is short. How do he know this? Because it's been predicted. Everything that he has, that God has predicted on the earth, the devil sees all oh, my time's getting short because now we're getting people that's, uh, you know, they're raising up and they now they're starting to really see that I'm out here to try to kill, steal, and destroy. So uh, I need to make sure I do what I do urgently. So he says, rise up and do it quickly. And when he did it, when you begin to rise up in yourself, when you begin to take on the accountability and responsibility to serve God for yourself in spirit and in truth, yeah. everything that's blinding you or that's trying to attach itself to you, it will begin to break off of you. That's how you get delivered. That's how you get set free. The closer and the more I begin to seek God, the more and closer I begin to see things begin to break off of me. Because in here, when Peter rose up and got himself up together, got himself together, it says that the chains begin to break off of him. Right? His chains fell off his hands. Why his hands? Because if I, that are a believer, not only do my mouth make things happen, but I can praise them with my hands. I can lift up my hands and say, God, I surrender. I can't do that if I'm bound. If I'm bound. If I'm bound, I can try to lift up my hand. Uh, I can't lift it up because these chains holding me. So what's the point? I might as well just give up. That's what chains are designed to do. To hold you back. Uh, I want to go forth in God, but what's the point? It seems like nothing ever happens. It seems like it, it's not working. So what's the point? That's a chain that is holding you. Something has to break. When you get up in your mind, that means that you are now free to do what God wants you to do. It says his hands, the, the chains came off of his hands. He told him to rise up. Chains broke off, right? What was the next thing that happened? It says in verse number 8, it says, And the angel said unto him, what? Number 2, gird thyself. Get up, gird. So first I got to get up, but then I can't, just, I can't just do it willingly. I got to gird myself. How many people take the time that, oh, I'm going to do right. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm try to do the things of God. I'm going to try to do what's right. I'm going to try to make sure I, I, I live, you know, I try to think right. But how can you think right if you're not girded? 
I got to learn how to gird. Because here, to gird, that means to get your stuff, get your bearings. Get your stuff together. Gird yourself. The things, look around and see what you, what you got. You know, put on the things that you need to put on. Gird yourself. Because it says, and bind on thy sandals. Nah, I thought about that. The Bible gave us believers specific instructions on how to war. Say, we don't fight the spiritual world, but you got to know how to let your loins be girded with what? Truth. So he's telling Peter, gird, get, get your truth back. Speak, speak those things that are not as though they are, because you know, as a believer, I'm going to speak those things that are true. So I have to now start getting myself back where I'm speaking the word which is true and not looking at situations, but I'm speaking through the spirit to a natural event that will change because I'm speaking it in truth. Amen. I'm girded with that. My loins, my, my being, my, my being, God of mine, my being is all but in truth. I don't depend on nothing else but truth. My full reliance, my full belief is in the truth of God. So I have to gird myself even when I was down in the prison. Peter had to gird himself back up. Because I'm quite sure Peter had some, 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 uh, he, he probably had some, some questions like, God, why am I here? You know, why you let this happen to me? You just let my brother, you know, one of my, my, my believers, the brother James, he just died. And, and now it seems like I'm next. I'm, I'm next to be on the chopping block. So, uh, you know, maybe this might be it for me. Peter could have easily gave up. But he says, no, I got something next for you. It's no time to give up. It's no time to throw in the towel. Courage yourself with truth. And he says, and put on buying thy sandals. Put on your shoes. Now I say, why would he waste time putting on his shoes? Because the Bible tells us, as believers, we need to make sure not only are we girded with truth, but we have to make sure our feet are shone with the preparation of the good news. So I got to make sure when I'm walking, I'm walking in the good news. What is the good news? I have a Savior. Amen. That Savior has saved my soul and he yeah. can save you. Yeah. And, and I'm walking in, I'm an ambassador of the Most High God. So I'm walking in the good news, in the gospel. I'm walking in the volume of the book. I, as a believer, you got to understand, you got to know how to carry the Bible, the volume of the book on the earth. We are his representation to carry his word on the earth. That's why he told him. He, he didn't tell him, okay, get up and run. No. He says, I'm a, I want you to take your time. Get yourself together. Get your mind right. Gird yourself up. And now put on the shoes. Because when you put on your shoes, wherever you tread, wherever you go, I want you to represent me which is the Lord Jesus Christ in the most powerfulest way. Because what we are doing, we are starting to be transcendent. 
We're doing something that's unprecedented. You are now experiencing something that you never experienced before in your timeline. So I want you to be able to walk in truth. So he told him, put on your sandals. Because you don't want to just have to be walking, but you want to make sure you have your feet shone with the preparation of the God. So that means I have to prepare. I have to prepare. And not only did he tell them, put on your sandals, and then what he says? He says, and angel of the Lord said, gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he said unto them, cast thy garment about thee. Put on your coat. I said, okay, what the, why, why he telling him to do that? Because I'm quite sure that Peter was in a place where he could have been depressed. He could have been frustrated. He could have been heavy in his spirit. But the Bible says in, when you have a spirit of heaviness, you got to know how to put on a garment of praise. You got to know how to cover Chicago, which will cover you in praises. So I can imagine people say, okay, this, this is good. Because the, the other time I had to, I was in prison. No, that was Paul. Paul had to, and Silas, they was in prison. Paul and Silas got the revelation of what happened to Peter. And Paul says, you pray and I'm going to praise. I'm going to sing. You pray and I'm going to sing. And what happened when they put on the garment of praise, praise caused the prison in Paul and Silas day, it caused the prison to break yes. and to shake yes. the earthquake to the point all of the bands of everybody who was in that prison, their band was loose because of the praise that the garment of praise that was being ushered in that environment. Can't y'all see this? When you have the right mindset, then you can say, God, what is next? Because God is expecting something miraculous to happen through you. If Paul and Silas saw and knew the power of praise, the same thing happened with Peter. Now, Peter is before Paul. So this is showing us, he told him, I'm giving you instructions. When you are in a place of heaviness, when you are in a place of frustration, don't, don't, don't misery love company. Don't talk about it. Don't dwell on it. Put on the garment of praise. Begin to praise him in it. Begin to praise him in the middle of it. Begin to praise him while going through it. Begin to praise him because what happens when you put on that coat, yes. it changed the environment. So when he put on the, the coat, he told him to put on the coat, and then he told him what? He says, and follow me. When you are in a place where you're following God, after you do that, you can't help but win. You gird yourself. 
First, you, you wake up. We always did. We got a lot of people talking about, oh, I'm woke, I'm woke. Well, if you really woke, you'll know how to gird yourself. Do it quickly. Rise up. Put on your shoes. And put on your coat so you can run. You can fight the good fight of faith. And what happened, something that Peter didn't think. Notice this. That's what I say. This was so powerful. Because all of this happened in a natural state. But Peter thought he was in a dream. Every time God wants to do something powerful in your life, it's going to come totally different than what you think. Because you can't. God said, I'm, I'm always willing to show you how miraculous I am. So when you think you figure it out, God come a whole different way to blow your mind. So that way, you can say, if it had not been for the Lord, I know that had to be God. So he did it in a spiritual arena, but it had a natural effect. He got through 16, at least 16 guards. From the bottom of the jail cell. Because you have believers without ceasing praying for him. The power of prayer. So what God is telling, what's next? That's why he's having us pray like never before. That's why he's putting people who are believers having a burden to pray. So that way we can get direction. So we can get mentally, spiritually, and physically prepared for what he's about to do next. It's not going to, it, it don't take a lot. Because what happened when Peter got out of that jail, it was only one him. And it was at least 16 men. And he escaped through all of that naturally. But when he went to the house, it was only one. And this is where we can't fall short. And I'll preach this later. We can't fall short that when we pray, we got to know God hears our prayer. Because there was only one girl who got up and was spiritual and sensitive enough to know God has done something. Everybody else, all the other church members were praying. Oh, you saw a ghost. But yeah, Lord, let's break Peter out of jail. Peter already out of jail. He's knocking on the door. Let me in before these soldiers see me. Let me in before I get caught. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Let me in. Let me in. And they still praying. Lord bless them. To get them out of jail. Mm -hmm. But you had one girl who was spiritually sensitive enough to say, somebody's at the door. Let me go see. Oh, it's Peter. Yes. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Today, What's next? Begin to position yourself and, and seek God 
so you can know how to handle your what's next. Know how to follow those instructions and put it to practical use because if you do it in your spirit, man, it will cause your outer man, your surroundings to change. If it was not so, it wouldn't be in the word of truth. It wouldn't be biblical. It wouldn't be recorded as a fact. If we do these things, then you will get these results. So we have to know how to take the word and carry it day to day, regardless what it looks like, regardless what it's what people are saying, regardless of what people are doing. Work out your own salvation. I can only speak for me. I can't speak for you. You got to work out your own because you got the answer to God for yourself. I can't make I can't make you safe. I can't make you do right. I can't make you live right. That's something that has to be in you to do. But what I can do is encourage you and let you know for a surety if you allow God to be God in your life, He will make everything all right. He will come through. And you will begin to live your best life. Stand to your feet. We want to pray for those that might have been in the prison or have that prison mindset. Who's been chained? Who got people guarding them or preventing them from being free? Who, 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 who probably put chains on their own selves. I want to pray that God free you today. I want to pray that he loose you today. That you see that there is more to God than meets the eye. It's not what we see, it's what we know. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for this word, God. God, thank you for letting us know you preparing us for something big that's going to happen next. God, you're telling us we have to have faith and believe. Lord, help us to believe like never before in this day and age. Let us not waver in our faith, but let us hold on to your bloodstained hands, God. Let us hold on to your truth. Let us hold on to your word. Lord, strengthen us, encourage us in our inner man to run this race with fear and trembling. That we will run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. But we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God, we praise you right now. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a praise. You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon. 
and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.